welcome to Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, a video podcast series brought to you by Quilter. In this series, we focus on the importance of financial advice in helping you navigate every stage of your life and your career. I'm your host, Jane Constantinis, and in these episodes, we're going to be hearing from both Quilter's own experts and a range of external guests to give a holistic overview and some practical advice on how to manage and achieve a healthy financial life for you and your family. Today's episode is all about redundancy. In an uncertain climate, it's important to be prepared for anything, and that includes being prepared for redundancy. We'll discuss what you should do once it happens and the ways in which you can cope with such a big change. My two guests today are Leslie Stewart, Advice Solutions Manager and Chartered Financial Planner at Quilter Financial Planning, and Gemma Bullivant, Executive Coach and HR Consultant. Welcome to the podcast. Um, let's begin, uh, if we may, by hearing from each of you briefly uh, about what you've been doing in your career up to this point. Gemma, what about you? Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, yes, my background is HR and coaching. So with my HR experience, 25 or so years, I've had quite a lot of experience of redundancy, mostly from the HR side of things. My career then moved into um, working independently and I now wear a range of professional hats including uh, HR and, and HR consulting and coaching um, but I also specialise in support for change and change and loss which then has led me into outplacement support services as well. So I offer companies outplacement support, which is a range of coaching and job search support. Mm, thank you. Uh, Leslie, what about you? Hi, thanks for inviting me. Um, so I've been in financial services now for 25 years um, in various roles. So I'm currently at Quilter as the Advice Solutions Manager. So I'm responsible um, as part of a team for the development of the Quilter proposition. Um, and like I said, I've had various roles and during that time, I've both been made redundant um, and as a manager, I've had to make people redundant. So I've, I've sat on both sides of the fence and know kind of how it feels from both points of view, really. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to hearing about that a bit <laughs> later. Let's begin, though, if we may, uh, the, the topic of, uh, of redundancy by exploring how different it is now to say how things were, I don't know, 20 years ago uh, and how different our attitudes are to it mm -hmm. well I think I mean people don't expect to have a job for life anymore do they they don't expect to kind of start a job at 18 or or kind of post university and to be in that job until they retire it's quite normal to move around kind of every kind of five or six years as, as your career progresses and I think redundancy has become the norm now I mean obviously it's quite we're in quite challenging economic times at the moment but I've worked in companies where, you know, during the boom times when they're making redundancies, because they're constantly looking at their priorities, you know, reviewing and refining what they're doing. Um, so it's been quite normal for me to, to start a new job in a department that's growing and there's colleagues over here that um, are being made redundant because that part of the business is shrinking. So it isn't necessarily always linked to, to the economy. Um, so... You know, it, I think it's even if you haven't personally been made redundant, I think you're likely, you know, you're very likely to have colleagues or, or know friends or family that have been made redundant. Mm. 
Is that your experience as well, Gemma, with the people that you've worked uh, alongside and with in these two, two and a bit decades? Uh, do you think attitudes have changed and are changing? Yes, I do. Um, I'm often asked about whether the fact that I've been made redundant might affect my chances of getting another job. It's sort of almost this stigma of... Uh, is redundance, does redundancy sort of label me as somebody that is less employable than the next person? And in actual fact, I, I, I did a, a bit of research on that because it did come up in, in conversation. And one of the things I found on it, I, I polled colleagues and, uh, and contacts on LinkedIn. And um, what, we, what, what came back from that poll was that, yes, a stigma did exist for some people, but not for everyone. And some people had actually changed their perception of redundancy through the COVID pandemic and the impact of that, where it was such a seismic shift in working practices and the, and the working world. So I think that perception on redundancy certainly has changed. Roles are, jobs are a lot more fluid. The job for life point is absolutely mm -hmm. right. We don't necessarily enter the workforce with that in mind. But what we do need to consider is that if it's not you making the decision to move as the employee at that point in time, that can still mean that we are rocked by by the the effect of, of redundancy yeah. which i'm sure we'll talk about a bit more loss of control that's right none of us likes that no <laughs> no um I, I was i was mindful then of uh, do you remember, you know that movie the full monty yeah the guy who has lost his job but goes to work pretends he's going to work every mm, day yeah, because yeah. of the stigma of having lost the job absolutely um, but good to know that 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 has has changed now and, of course, so many people have um, portfolio careers, don't they, or side hustles. Yeah. Um, it's, it is a very different um, way of, of, of working. Um, you mentioned COVID. We, we cannot <laughs> avoid talking about it because, as you say, it has, it has rocked the, 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 the world of work uh, right across uh, the, the, the world. Tell us more uh, about your thoughts on that, Gemma. Well, it's interesting because when I was um, supporting clients through uh, through the early stages of the of the COVID pandemic and lockdown, when when quite a lot of jobs were immediately made redundant or or, or put at risk, and some of the things that used to kind of come up a lot in those in those conversations was the the challenge of having to try and find a job during such a kind of a, a difficult time. But also some really practical things like interviewing on a, on a virtual platform, Zoom, Teams, etc. And what that might mean and how you, you're no longer necessarily shaking somebody's hand. And then you might be joining a job where you're onboarded, you know, remotely as well. And I think that um, the, the, the conversations have now changed a little bit in the ones that I'm having, which is we've got a bit more used to the virtual world, but have we really thought through how we present ourselves for an interview? So even if we're used to using um, Teams, Zoom, etc., cetera, for, for our work, have we thought about how we might interview on that platform? and what we might need to think about in the same way we used to have to think about how we might 
sit, sit at a table and look engaged mm. and, mm. you know, all the rest of it. So thinking about the lighting, thinking about how mm. you're positioned on the screen, thinking about sort of how you can sort of, you know, manage that space well and how you come across. It, it, uh, they're all starting to come up now as, yeah. as, as topics. Yeah, and that's part of it, isn't it? It's not just about the redundancy, it's about yeah. what next. Um, Leslie, what, what, what do you think has been the main impact? What will, will be the long-term impact of the pandemic? <laughs> wow, what a big, big question. question. I mean um, on issues around redundancy, obviously. Yeah, well, I think... Um, I think one of the things that we've seen, and, and obviously this is this is played out in the economy, that you can see a lot of people have left the workplace. Um, so I think a lot of people, um, you know, you if redundancy comes up, the obvious choice is to go and look for another job, or the you know the panic mode might be to look for another job. But actually, there's a number of things that you can do. Um, one of them is look for another job, and that might be your only choice if financially you need to kind of you know an income straight away. But you also, we also see many people who take it as an opportunity. So they might decide to change career, for example, not necessarily as a male stripper, going back to the full Monty. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it could be an opportunity to go in, to go in a completely di different direction and do something that they've always wanted to do. And obviously um, a lump sum might enable that. So if they are, you know, if they have got long service and they're likely to receive a lump sum from their employer, it might be something that they want to think about doing something completely different. Um, and the, obviously those in a certain age group might decide that it's, you know, that they're going to use any money that they get to retire early um, and choose to kind of leave the workplace completely. And it might be a couple of years um, earlier than they thought they would, but the redundancy gives them the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think we are seeing kind of a, a difference. It's not necessarily one option of having to find another job straight away. There's There, there are kind of, I, I kind of like to break it up into three. It's mm -hmm. kind of, you, you, you find another job, you, you do something different, either a change of career or kind of, start your own consultancy or do something completely different or you leave the workplace completely and retire. And interesting that you've used at least once the word opportunity yeah, and I think yeah. we're back to people's mindset and how that's shifted that it's not necessarily a disaster. Yeah I mean it can be if you're put in that position you have to recognise that you are vulnerable and you know I wouldn't encourage people to make decisions really really quickly. Um, i take some time and, and really think about what their next move is because um you know that that can really help what they decide to do with any money or, or you know what what kind of from a financial planning perspective once they've decided what they want to do it, it can it can really help their financial objectives as well yeah um of course opportunity on the one hand but for others a time of great turmoil mm -hmm. and emotional difficulty um Gemma, what, what sort of struggles do you help people with and, and, and what sort of mistakes do you see people make? Yeah, I think um, the, 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 the point you made about people's own sort of financial situations being very different actually is really relevant. And I'm not a financial planner, <laughs> a financial expert, so I, but I do tend to work with clients to help them think about what they need from that that type that side of things. So if your financial situation is such that you have some breathing space, then that opens up opportunity and and a different type of conversation. 
where somebody is really struggling from a financial perspective, the conversation is is quite quite focused quite quickly mm. on the practical outcome. Overarching all of that, and usually with the people that are more vulnerable or, or feel more um, financially vulnerable, especially, um, the impact of redundancy on people can be really emotionally challenging. It is a significant change. It can be quite traumatic. And depending on what's happened in your past, you may have been made redundant several times and it's like another one and that makes it worse. You may have been made redundant several times before and therefore you know you can ride this wave, you're okay. There is no, there's no recipe or, or sort of, you know, sort of necessarily any kind of um, set scenario in, in those cases. So we have to treat each situation in its own unique set of circumstances. And whether it's traumatic change, whether it's grief, whether it's any, any form of loss, any kind of emotional mental health or, or, or emotional health challenges are unique. And we have to take what we've got and, and understand our own situation. And when we're feeling highly emotional, it's really difficult to make sensible, rational decisions. Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult sometimes to address that challenge because the people who are most highly emotional are often the ones that need to make really yeah. strong, careful decisions quite quickly. And that can be a real challenge. Mm -hmm. Do you see people making mistakes because they're in that heightened emotional state, Leslie? Yeah, definitely. And I think probably one of the biggest mistakes people make is not to prepare properly. Um, now, there's obviously there's limited amount you can do if 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 you don't know that redundancy is coming. But if you're if you're in a situation where you think it might happen, then there are lots of things that you can do to prepare. Um, one obvious one is to make sure that you've got a healthy emergency fund. Mm. And I know that's difficult at the moment because there are so many kind of conflicting. Um, there's so many emergencies. <laughs> there's so many emergencies, yeah. and so many conflicting demands on on our money. But you know, if 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 you think you might be at risk. I really strongly recommend trying to build up your emergency fund if you haven't got one because that will tide you over and that will give you a lot of peace of mind and um, you know give give you give you that buffer. Mm. Um, and then secondly, know what your entitlement is because that will help you plan. So you know if you've been in a, a, if you've worked for a company, I mean if you've worked for a company for more than two years, you'll be entitled to redundancy pay. Um, if it's if you've work there a significant amount of time it could be quite a significant lump sum and that cha might change how you feel um, but likewise if it's been quite a short time it, it might not be very much so I think one of the first things to do is to find out what you're likely to get because that will help you plan and you know I, I talked about those three things before that you might want to do in the future well knowing how much money you're going to get is obviously going to going to be kind of a, a big factor in helping you plan um, and the other thing is to think about what state benefits you might be entitled to as well. Now, um, most people would qualify for job seekers allowance um, and that will pay for six months. So that's that's and that's not means tested as well. So it's definitely worth um, investigating that. And even if you don't think you need it, um, it's really important to kind of investigate that. It will help your NI record if, if you do if you do claim. So it's it, it, it's quite an important thing. Um, but and likewise, if you were going to set up your own business, you might qualify for things um, like enterprise allowances and things like that. So it's definitely worth knowing um, what state benefits you might be entitled to as well. 
It's all very well talking about planning, isn't it? But I suspect a lot of people have heads in sa- in the sand about the possibility that it might happen. And actually, what you described earlier, Leslie, where you, where, you know you might be working in a company that is thriving, yeah. and the team next to you they're doing very well and they're growing and perhaps recruiting more people, and yet yeah. you and your team are made redundant. Very difficult to yeah, anticipate yeah. something like that. Yeah, it isn't can it? be very difficult. I mean, you normally do get a heads up where wherever I've worked, they you know you normally have an inkling you normally these things are, are discussed um so there is I, I, and just generally you know having an emergency fund is just good financial planning anyway so you know even if even if you don't think you are at risk i'd strongly you know good financial well-being and good financial planning is always going to stand you in good stead you haven't been made redundant uh, Gemma, you said earlier but you've been at the other side of the table mm. tell us about that it's horrible it's absolutely horrible and we know we know that being made redundant is typically a very unpleasant experience for us you know as individuals but it's 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 deeply unpleasant for the people actually making it happen as well and and i think that's that really opened my eyes to the emotional impact and how how it can hit people in different ways and how each each response each kind of reaction Often you can't even predict it in terms of, you know, who will who will respond more optimistically than than others. I suppose it stands to reason when you think about it, because we don't really know a lot about everybody's sort of back back mm-hmm. backdrop. Mm-hmm. But um, but still, it, it can be quite it can be quite uh, quite surprising. Mm. And do you get a sense that people? Uh, because the workplace is very different now, because of all that happened in the pandemic and redundancy mm. became more commonplace, do you think people are becoming more adaptable? I do. I definitely think people are more adaptable. What I notice with clients who have worked for a very long time with the same company is that it hits them the hardest. Mm. People who have moved around themselves by their own volition and being in control of that decision, as we talked about earlier, um, or people who have had several kind of uh, experiences of being made re- being made redundant have have actually learnt those adaptable those those skills to adapt. And I think that going back to the to the to the point around having some sort of financial cushion. Anything that allows us to feel less fear mm. and less vulnerable in our in our situation mm. suddenly opens up so many more choices and opportunities to whatever comes at us. So even though it sounds a very sensible and maybe slightly difficult thing to do to plan for that, the the benefit of doing that is so much more opportunity or choice or space, breathing space. And what we need when we're feeling quite emotional and quite vulnerable is a bit of breathing space. Mm. And if we haven't got the luxury of that because we are so financially reliant on each month's income, it really can make a difference. Yeah. Back to back to control. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, it's not just about planning for what you as an individual might have to mm-hmm. do you are most people are part of a, a team so how, how can how can we prepare our family or get things in place for our family 
I think um, one of the things that often gets forgotten about actually when people are leaving the workplace, especially if they're going to be self-employed um, or start their own business or retiring, is that you often lose benefits, workplace benefits as well. So, you know, as part of financial planning, it's really important to consider those, you know, things like private health care, um, protection benefits. I mean, some of those may not be needed anymore, um, but it's another kind of, you know, really good reason to, to kind of seek financial help and make sure that you're not leaving gaps in, in your financial planning. Mm. And emotionally, I suppose, um, talking about what might happen whilst not wanting to frighten people. Yes. I mean, there's often um, some form, some part of the conversation. Whilst again, I don't, I don't go into the the the, the, the finance depths. It is quite relevant if the person is considered to be the breadwinner, the sole breadwinner, shared, bre- you know, shared yeah, earner, yeah. or whether their income is 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 not as essential to the overall household income. That can make a real difference. And again, it comes back to that question of vulnerability mm-hmm. because if you're the sole or primary breadwinner, you're in a much more vulnerable position than if you know yeah. to, to find the next yeah. job really quickly than. Um, in the case of the um, of, of, of not being quite as heavily reliant on your income, I think it's important to prepare other family members as well, especially children, because you know you children may have grown up thinking that you know three holidays a year and trips to centre parks is the norm, and you know speaking from experience here, sometimes <laughs> it, it, it's quite nice to prepare them that 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 you know that some things may have to to cut back and 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 get their buy in. I mean, it's not it's not a bad life lesson for them anyway to learn to budget and to learn the value of things and that these we were only able to do these things because of of you know because of the work situation and when that changes we we have to cut back and we have to budget for sure this this whole podcast series is about about good financial health and yeah, that's part yeah. of it isn't it let's say that it has happened uh, and let's say that that people aren't haven't perhaps got a plan in place as yeah. as, as effectively as they should where can people go for help well, they should see their financial advisor. I mean, they might not think it's the time to see their financial advisor, but there's so much um, that their advisor can do for them. And the earlier, the better, really. Um, so I do know someone that was made redundant and spoke to their financial advisor. And one of the things um, that the advisor suggested was think about kind of the tax year that they're being made redundant in. And is there a possibility that they could be made redundant in a new tax year to have a a, a new allowance now that might not always be possible obviously it, it depends on the employer but if you don't ask then you know you won't get and and he had that conversation and actually he it, it the em, employer did extend um his contract a little bit longer and he was made redundant in a new tax year which gave him a lot more flexibility so there are things like that but you know and I, I talked about those three things. And, and once you've decided what you want to do, a financial advisor can really help you achieve your objectives. So if you do want to retire, then obviously it's time to look at your pensions. It's time to work out how much retirement income you need. What other assets do you have that could help you you generate an income? Um, if you do want to start your own business, kind of how are you going to, what, what are you going to live on during that time? You know, if you've got a lump sum, can, can, can you make, can you make that work for you? Can you take an income from that? Um, and also, like I mentioned, you know, replacing any lost benefits and, and those kind of things. But, you know, making sure that you're you're making the money that you have got work in the most tax efficient way possible. So we are almost out of time. Um, I wonder if you can each uh, give 
your, let's call them golden pieces of advice. Uh, not necessarily for people who think redundancy might be looming, not just that, but for anybody in the workplace so that we can have this healthy um, attitude uh, mm -hmm. to it. Um, uh, Leslie, I wonder if you'd kick off. Well, I think um, my three would be to prepare and know, know, you know, prepare by having your emergency fund, knowing what you're entitled to, both from your employer and the state, um, to to really think about what you want to do. So, you know, I mentioned whether you want to just get another job, whether you want to, to have a change of direction or whether you want to retire. So have that, that kind of clear in your mind what your direction would be. And to seek advice, be you know, be that from your financial advisor for the financial side of things, but also kind of emotional support that that we've talked about as well. Yeah. Gemma, what about you? Well, I've touched on emotions um, quite a lot already, but I don't think we can underestimate how much our emotional frame of mind can impact the decisions that we take. So I think my primary advice would be to notice the emotions and how you're feeling and how that might be impacting your decision. So if you're feeling very angry, that's likely to be carried and it's it's worth kind of just taking taking some time to address that or, or, or get some support with it. And if you can, if you have that financial buffer, try to avoid making lots of really important decisions when you're feeling in that sort of heightened state of emotion because we know we don't make the best decisions often when we are feeling highly emotional so if you do have the luxury of that time then that's that would be another piece of advice fantastically practical advice um thank you very much sadly we're out of time but i've really enjoyed our conversation thank you thank you thank you and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and that you've taken away some really practical tools and ideas to help you be prepared, maintain control and make sound and considered decisions should you experience redundancy. Thank you for joining us for Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, brought to you by Quilter. If you'd like to find out more, go to quilter.com. I'm Jane Constantinis. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.